Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Life at Ease, an Early Autism Services podcast. I am your host, Naza, Outreach Specialist with Early Autism Services. Early Autism Services provides in-home, in-clinic, and telehealth behavioral intervention therapy, or ABA therapy, for children on the autism spectrum across the United States, Australia, and in India. Early Autism Services is comprised of caring individuals who are all committed to helping children with autism and their families. The goal of this podcast is to encourage conversation about autism to foster understanding and awareness in order to help create a more accepting society. On today's episode, we have Letty Glenn, dyslexia coach. Letty was diagnosed with dyslexia in second grade, which started her journey as a, stu- as a student with disabilities. This came with educational support and taunting from classmates. Letty decided to hide her dyslexia diagnosis, which left her feeling overwhelmed, ashamed, and insecure about who she was. She was not being honest with herself about her strengths, Um, But after earning two master's degrees and working for over 20 years with individuals and groups um, to explore their abilities, Letty decided to stop hiding and become an advocate for others with invisible disabilities. Letty teaches others to find their strengths and, and, and their supports that work for them to reach their goals and then exceed them. She will guide you to silencing your inner critic and give you tools to find your passions, strengths, and courage. Letty is a lifelong learner who is trained, who is a trained special education teacher, business owner, wife, and parent. Wow. Welcome, Letty. It is such a pleasure to have you on Life at Ease. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Wonderful. Before we get into all of the amazing work that you're doing as a dyslexia coach, I would love it if you could share with our listeners um, your personal journey that has led you to your calling. Yes, sure. So as you've already heard, I was in second grade when I was diagnosed with dyslexia. And truly, back in this was in the 90s. So we didn't talk about or a lot was known about it back then. So there was a lot of shame. Um, My household wasn't shameful of it. But getting into the schools, that's where you felt uh, the differences in the shame. Uh, So traveling on through high school, I got services for dyslexia when I was in college. I didn't take the services when I was in grad school because I was going to do it on my own. Mm. And that's mm-hmm. a struggle. That was hard. It was a challenge. And it was truly, you feel like you're working three times as hard as everybody else mm. just to complete the assignment. But then for me, I felt I had to be even more better. So mm. I was working three times as hard to make sure that my assignment was, you know, top of the class, the best. Because I felt that I needed to overperform to make up for my uh, deficits. So that led me to um, a look at a, a, lot, a lot of pressure <laughs> and then not telling anybody. It's like, oh my goodness, everything inside and being afraid to ask questions, even in the workplace. And I've worked in nonprofits working with uh, victims of crime as well. And hiding, hiding from yourself and being afraid to ask questions that what if it's a dumb question and I'm going to find out or please don't make me take notes because I my handwriting and I can't spell or don't let me write something on the on the you know the whiteboard so people will see it yeah. uh, 
But then from there, I went to be a special education teacher. And my goal for being a special education teacher was to be the teacher that I always wanted. And that's so beautiful. Yes. uh, Because even when I was a special education teacher, I still never told anyone. I didn't tell my students. I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell my peers that I had any type of learning disability because I was afraid I'd lose credibility. So then again, here I am with an asset, but yet afraid to say anything because I don't, I felt like people would look down on me. Uh, So (laughs) after I um, left teaching and opened Letty Glenn Coaching um, is really when I found myself. It's really when I started looking in the mirror and saying, there's nothing wrong with me. My brain just works a little bit differently. And how awesome is that? Yeah. How awesome is it? So I just really of changing the mindset has been so opening and freeing for me that I just want to share it to everyone because we all have these strengths within us that we we're so focused on negatives. We need to really flip the script and say, oh, but here are the positives. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. How beautiful is it that you took an experience with, uh, you know, just, just the, the challenges that came with, uh, you know, as a young child and with the diagnosis and dealing with, um, the taunting from the classmates. I can't even imagine. I'm so sorry you had to experience that. Um, it is very unfortunate and you're right. This was the nineties and things are a little bit different now, but in some cases, not so much different. I think we still have a long way to go when it comes to, um, you know, acceptance and awareness. Um, but the fact that you took that and the experience from your childhood, um, and turned it into something so beautiful, you know, going into this into special education, wanting to be that teacher that you didn't have. Um, wow. That's, it's truly inspiring Letty. And thank you. And I'm sure that the students that you have worked with, I'm sure you've touched their lives and the parents' lives as a, as a parent, you're a parent, I'm a parent. Um, you know, we worry for our children when they're not experiencing, when they don't have that positive kind of um, attitude towards towards learning and, and school and and their work, the work that they have to do. And it's, and, and you want them to, right? You so desperately want them to just feel positive about. And to see how amazing they are. Absolutely. Everyone is just Oh, amazing. And one of my main goals when I was in the classroom was teaching advocacy skills. Is how do we talk? So how do we speak up for ourselves? How do we say, I need help with this? Uh, so that was always a huge focus. And I'd always have an advocacy goal written in our individualized education plans because it, it is important that we feel that we can say, hey, this is what I need in order to be successful. Did you find uh, many times that your kiddos were um, kind of, I know you mentioned it as you were growing up, you didn't want, uh, you know, other kids to know, or you didn't want the teachers to know. Do you, do you, do you see that it's still very prevalent um, today with, with the kiddos that you work with? Uh, Yes. For some of them, Um, other ones felt empowered when I would write things like that on their IEP and go over it with them. Uh, many though would want me there like in the back just kind of holding hands saying yes you got this Um, well it's not every day that these kiddos it's not every day that these kiddos um, have individuals in their lives that can understand them truly 
and understand what the challenges are, what they what they look like from, you know, just on a day to day basis. We're not even talking about long term. And and it just, you know, when you wake up in the morning just for that individual and I, I mentioned to you to you before, but, you know, my, my husband is dyslexic and he, we talk about, um, you know, as our children are growing up and we're and we're helping them with school and he'll he'll go he'll um kind of like for a second he i i lose him and he's like back in his childhood classroom and he's like you know i didn't have fun like i didn't want to do the work so i only did the bare minimum and it and even that was so hard and he's like i don't i didn't have support i didn't have resources in the school it's just besides like the i think they called it resource or something um, where he went to school. And so he's like, that's the only kind of support I had. Um, he doesn't feel like his family really understood um, that he needed additional support. So it's not that they weren't supportive. They just didn't know that um, you can, you know, you can opt for opt in for, for additional support. Do you, do you see that with your families um, to just uh, parents feeling, uh, and I'm not sure if it is, if it, you know, just in the same vein as, as uh you know what 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 you felt just that um kind of the the pressure or not wanting uh people to know and so I, i'm not sure if if you've you've come across that with the parents of those uh students um you know who may have dyslexia uh and other um kind of just um learning disabilities do you do you find that the parents are unaware of the resources and support that's out there absolutely some don't know all the resources that are out in the world. Uh, but also within schools, teachers as a whole, even special education teachers aren't trained specifically on dyslexia or specifically on reading programs for just children with dyslexia. Uh, so there's a lot of education and learning that needs to take place within the special education departments as well. Uh, but some, some are open and want to hear about different resources. Um, some, uh, you know, going into schools are really intimidating for some people. Maybe they didn't have a good school experience or maybe, I mean, it's a big building and we all have nightmares of going being sent to the principal's office. You know, we all have those yes. fears. So it can be intimidating for some parents to come in. And so sometimes we don't even get to meet or see parents. So we have like the whole gamut of not involved to extremely involved <laughs> parents but really no matter what type of parent you're working with your main goal is still always the students and how can we help them become the people that they need to become amazing work that you're doing letty please share with our listeners um just uh, what is dyslexia coach uh the services you provide uh how families may engage the age range that you work with we'd love to hear about all of that so my my details. Yes. Uh, <laughs> my de- I almost said that. I was like, no, Jelly, don't say that. But yes. <laughs> um, so I work with primarily middle school on up. And um, right now, the main bulk of my clients are adults. Uh, some are parents. Some are adults saying, I, you know, I I think I'm dyslexic. I know that I have some sort of learning disability. So in order to work with me, you do not have to have a, uh, a label or a diagnosis or really a, a written down disability in any way, shape or form. It's truly, if you feel like you need help with self-esteem 
or if you need help with your negative self-talk and the gremlins in your head, if you just want to find out, like, there's got to be something good that I do, let's talk. Let's have a conversation. Let's work together because I can guarantee you we can find something positive of what your strengths are and how to apply them to your everyday life. Uh, so that's really um, the meat and potatoes, the big part of what I do. Uh, and sometimes that takes five sessions. That's my minimum. Sometimes it takes longer. I have a, a client that's over a year with me, so um, it, it really meets the needs of where they're where they're at. I also uh, work on executive functioning skills, kind of organizational skills, prioritizing, uh, at, because invisible disabilities doesn't just entail dyslexia or difficulties with reading. Uh, and a lot of times, if somebody has one diagnosis, let's say they're dyslexic, it's not uncommon to have maybe ADHD or ADD or something else that's going on. Or even if you're maybe just dyslexic, you might have a hard time organizing. Right. So, you know, so it, it's important skills to have as a kid, but also how do we navigate our everyday lives as an adult too? And if you have, if you struggle with those those executive functioning, functioning skills, it can make just everyday life feel so much harder. Yes, that's absolutely true. I know um, with my son, he's uh, he does have anxiety. And so what I'm noticing is that, you know, he's not wanting to kind of, um, especially with the advocacy, I think with my, with my son, it's something that we've had to talk to him about, um, had to walk him through. And so I love that you touch upon um, all of these different areas that can really hinder uh, that, that wholesome experience that a child can, uh, a child or an adult, you know, just needs, right. In their professional, uh, in a, in a professional setting, in an educational setting, um, even, a, even in a social setting, um, and so, so I think it's, I think it's amazing the work that you're doing, uh, reminding people, and this is what I have to talk to my husband about too, just also, you know, it takes him a little longer to comprehend some things. It takes him longer to read and express himself even, you know, I could see like he's, he's sitting there and he has these, these words and these feelings and, and he can't, um, they're not, they're not able to come out and he's, and he really puts himself down, um, you know, too often, I, I do try to remind him that, you know, we have unique skill sets. Um, those skill sets set us apart from from others. And we have to focus on on those skill sets to further kind of, you know, realize and our it's important to normalize them as well. Even when I was in the classroom, and I still do it uh, today of sometimes I have it takes me longer to process just to speak to say something or to come up with an answer to a question or something like that. So I would say, um, Things are coming to me a little slow today. Okay. So let's be patient. Or maybe I was really anxious today. And I do this with my own son as well as I'm feeling really anxious today. So I might sound a little short. I'm not trying to please be weird, you know, be patient with me because we can't expect children to be, you know, the perfect example of behaviors when we're also struggling. Yeah. So why not? talk about it why not say this is what I'm feeling today because then we can just you know you can rearrange what's going on and be flexible because in all honesty with invisible disabilities you might 
grasp a concept one day and then the next day it's totally confusing to you Uh, and that's just that's that's what it is (laughs) so you have to be patient and as an adult as a parent it can be frustrating because you're like you had this yesterday but we just need to go over it and meet the kid where we are where they're at excuse me yeah. Well, thank you so much for that reminder. I'm taking that as a personal message. Uh, sometimes <laughs> I do. I get frustrated with my son and I'm like, we just went over this concept, you know, but honestly, I know like sometimes it's just the anxiety getting, getting, you know, getting hold of him. And and I know he understands and it's just, so I love how you said that. Just let's talk about our feelings and I'll, I, I will start incorporating that too, where I'm just like, I can see that you're you know, frustrated or feeling a lot of things. How about you talk about what you're feeling right now? And then, you know, um, creating that safe space for him too. So thank you, Letty. That's, that's amazing advice. I feel like, you know, it's 8 30 PM on a school night and he's not done with his homework. And I just feel that pressure of like, you got to get to bed. We got to wake up in the morning, you know, I'm tired. Um, but I have to pause and I have to realize that like, there's so much going on inside of him right now. And I just have to, he has to know that it's all right. Um, so thank you for that. Wow. It's, it, it's, it's hard. Sometimes you're just in the grind of things, right. And, and you don't really pay attention to, to the things you, I mean, I know this is important. Um, so so thank you. you do. And I'm glad that you're giving yourself grace as well, because as parents, we're in the thick of it. And you know what? It's okay. You might have a short fuse one day. We <laughs> get tired and overwhelmed as well. Uh, but it's important to know for your child to know that it's not directed at them. It's situational. So they don't take that to heart and feel it. Uh, and put that feeling onto them because whatever you're feeling, they're feeling it as well. Mm. Oh, that's so true. Kids are so perceptive um, and they're able to like absorb all of that energy. Um, mm-hmm. So I will, I will definitely be keeping that in mind. Thank you so much. We're having like a coaching session. right? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate yeah. your, your expertise, just all your, all of your experience with us. I really do. I respect it so much. I, I respect the work that you do. I, I think I mentioned this to you earlier. I, I haven't come across anything like this and I'm so excited. I did share it with my husband and we are going to check out um, your ebook, if you could share with our listeners about your ebook. Yes, it's on self sabotage. So you can go to lettyglencoaching.com and in the marketplace, you'll see that there's a free ebook right there and you can click on it and download it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Letty, for everything that you do for the kiddos and adults that you work with. Um, you know, at times we are, uh, our own worst critic. Like it's just, it's just true. It happens. Um, we're constantly comparing ourselves to others where they are in life, what they are doing, what they've accomplished. Um, and like we just touched upon as parents, we're comparing our kids to other kiddos concerned that they're doing things differently. They're learning differently. It's not going to help them. Um, you know, I didn't know I could advocate for my child. And I'm so glad that you, you talked about, um, that advocacy and also teaching, uh, children advocacy skills. Um, it's important for them. I've, I've, I've asked my son too, like, just talk to your teacher. If you need, 
if you need help, if you're not understanding, it's all right. You, you're, you, it's okay if you don't catch on, you know, the first time or, um, and talk about the anxieties and the fears, like you said. Absolutely. And as a parent asking, that's outstanding, but also knowing that they might be really scared to talk to their teacher about it. So, okay, how can I help? How can I support? What can I do to help you get this done? And maybe it's talking to the special education teacher that they're working with, and maybe it's cutting down on homework so we don't have all of that repetitiveness because it takes longer. So they might get it under three questions or four instead of 15, right? So so we can get creative and they can show their knowledge in different ways. It doesn't have to be just black and white. Things have to be a certain way. We can get flexible and really, truly then we get to know what the student is actually learning. Thank you. Thank you, Letty, for that advice. if you would like to uh, book a consultation and find out more about the services that Letty provides, please visit her website at lettyglenn.com or Letty Glenn Coaching. Um, and Glenn is spelled with two N's. I'll have this information in the post um, below uh, this recording. Um, so Letty Glenn, L-E-D-D-Y-G-L-E-N-N.com or lettyglenncoaching.com. Um, as Letty mentioned, she provides a free ebook on self-sabotage on her website. Um, by reading Letty's book, you will learn about ways to overcome your insecurities and struggles and learn how to be proud of the person that you are. Uh, thank you so much, Letty, for joining us today. And thank, thank you, you, listeners. <laughs> it is our pleasure completely. Uh, thank you, listeners, for tuning in to Life at Ease please feel free to reach out to us with any questions you may have, or if you are looking to enroll your child in ABA services, please email us at info at Don't forget to check out our previous episodes and have a great day.